Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The provincial government under all kinds of fires for what appears to be lots of swing and a miss. I don't know how you can call it anything else. I mean, maybe the intentions were good, but boy, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, You probably remember last fall, the severe shortage that we had in children's pain medication. It was a big deal. Uh, Advil, Tylenol, you know, fever reducers, all that. You couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, it really, really was a crisis situation. So the UC, uh, UCP came up with a plan, $80 million plan, where they got in touch with a Turkish manufacturer, $80 million for 5 million bottles, which is really, really expensive. That's, um, you know, that's pretty good. It doesn't retail for that much. So, uh, and it took months and months and months to get approval for use in Canada. Uh, There's also issues with its potency. It's only 75% of the strength of what we typically have here. Um, So it's a boondoggle. And we're going to find out more about it today as to where it is the province saying now that, you know, the supply issues aren't nearly as bad as they used to be. They're going to come up with plans to sell it to other jurisdictions that may be having shortages. But I don't know how you sell it to a jurisdiction that didn't buy it in the first place for that. So I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We're probably going to get more information on that later today. That is the plan. Now, when I say the things, the supply is is better. It is the supply has changed. We're in a situation now where definitely not in the crisis situation. But that doesn't mean that you might still not encounter shortages here or there for short periods of time or whatever the case may be. There are still some issues around not only children's pain medications but also antibiotics. And there's concern that we may be in a similar situation with other medications as we move through the year. So let's find out what's going on. We're going to chat with Jody Schrobot, who is a clinical assistant professor in the Faculty of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Services at the University of Alberta. Jody, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Now, I mean, the, the headline here is we have gotten through the worst of it, right? Those severe shortages where you just couldn't find these children's pain relievers anywhere. We're not seeing that to the same extent, right? Yeah, it's definitely uh, subsided pretty substantially. Part of that is probably due to the fact that we're kind of at the tail end of the typical cold and flu season. We certainly have seen, uh, obviously, the incidence of COVID-19 being a lot lower now than it was uh, earlier in the year. And obviously, those types of things have, have prompted or bumped up demand for uh, for the pain reliever and, and obviously the fever reliever uh, capabilities of those medications like the ibuprofen and acetaminophen. And Jody, was it just that simple, the fact that we had so much illness that hit all at once that the, we didn't have the supply to keep up with the demand or was there some sort of impact on the supply side too? What, why did we end up in such an awful spot, you know, six, seven, eight months ago? Um, you know what, there's probably a number of different factors that contribute to that. Uh, first of all, when you're looking at the pediatric formulations, they're a little bit more difficult on the manufacturing side of things than, say, producing tablets uh, and, and capsules. So part of that is that the global supply chain, when you look at the manufacturing down to, obviously, just distribution across uh, across the world, um, those things obviously probably had a smaller number of manufacturing sites to be able to produce. And when you have an increase in demand, we've got a supply chain that generally relies on just in 
time inventory management. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you get those pulls and those draws, you can't quickly ramp up and, and, uh, and deal with those shortages. And, you know, medications is one example, but many of us have seen many other examples oh, yeah. of shortages for sure. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you can't have stockpiles of this stuff. Um, so now we're seeing a situation where things have eased quite a bit, but you could still run into a situation where it's difficult to find, right, Jody? I mean, there are still isolated incidents or, you know, different times this pharmacy doesn't have it or that pharmacy doesn't have it, correct? For, for sure, yeah. Um, like I said, we, we've seen a little bit of a, of a bump on, on supply side of things, which means pharmacies can obviously stock their shelves, wholesalers can stock their shelves a little bit, but as soon as that happens and, and people start, you know, filling in those holes that were traditionally in those shelves, that can again create a, a, a bit of a backlog so that when you go to want to purchase it as, as a pharmacy side of things, your wholesaler might be short for, for a while, and we're, we're still seeing that in some of the products out there for sure. So what um, what made things better? Obviously, the demand drops off, but I know there was also kinds of, uh, we talked about what the province tried to do, the feds ordered some emergency supplies, manufacturers ramped up how much they were producing. Was it sort of all hands on deck and we managed to get through it? I think a lot of that came into place for sure, yeah. What about antibiotics? I keep hearing there's shortages of antibiotics, specific ones especially. What's going on when it comes to that? Uh, probably a similar type of situation. Uh, we definitely have some shortages, certainly, again, on the pediatric side of things. Again, suspensions and granules are a little bit difficult uh, manufacturing capability than, than some, of the, uh, some of the oral solid dosage forms. Plus, there's less manufacturers of those products, uh, less manufacturers selling their products into Canada as well. So we certainly are seeing a shortage of that and, and uh, unfortunately don't have, in some cases, don't have anticipated uh, recovery dates for when those products will be again available. And and is it meeting increased demand? I mean, we, there's, I know there's sickness going around right now, and I'm sure antibiotics are being prescribed, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, we we can never prevent illnesses from happening altogether, and it's somewhat difficult to predict some of the uh, of the cycle that that uh, we go through. And we certainly see some seasonality, but you know, some of these medications are used for for things like ear infections yeah. for for kids, and and you know, that's something that yeah, we see peaks and and troughs. But right now, we're we're still seeing demand. And again, if supply is not available, uh, or we have to switch to another antibiotic because availability of one product, that can put excess excessive demand on that other antibiotic and that can cause shortages and it's just a vicious cycle for yeah, sure. Because you're right. I mean, you can substitute, you can sort of try and come up with other alternatives. Um, is it the same kind of thing where, is it right across the country or is it the, like we're talking about with the pain meds where, hey, the, 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 the closest pharmacy to you may not have it, but if you go to the one across the street, they might, I mean, can we still shop around? Uh, there, there's certainly that possibility of things, yeah. and, and uh, you know, obviously, if you're if you're a parent looking for an antibiotic for for your child, uh, you know, your your pharmacist that you have a relationship with is going to be your best resource for that. If they don't have the specific product in stock, they certainly have the ability to reach out to their network of of other pharmacies or other other possible wholesalers that may have those products to try to source that. Uh, when it comes to your prescription medications, and even what we saw with acetaminophen and ibuprofen, there is also the possibility of a pharmacy being able to compound that medication. So just right. because the manufacturer doesn't have that available, we do have alternatives that we can certainly look at to ensure our patients get the, the medications that they need. What about, um, you know, what could be coming down? Are there other medications you're looking at and saying, you know what, I mean, we're heading into, I don't know, allergy season, whatever the case may be. We could have the the same problem repeat itself there. 
You know, there, there's always that possibility, and certainly when I look at my perspective as, as, as a pharmacist of, of what information we get, most of the time, unfortunately, we don't find out about a shortage until the shortage exists. Okay. And just because a shortage exists at the manufacturer side of things doesn't mean that the wholesale and distribution network in Canada doesn't have, you know, an adequate supply to, to kind of keep up with demand. So predictability is challenging. You've got thousands of pharmacies across Canada, so that inventory is obviously spread out through those, and certainly we have the ability to, to try to help each other out on that side of things. If you see, you know, a certain outbreak where you need an antibiotic in one area, that we can try to find ways to facilitate that. But the predictability of that is really difficult at, at the at the frontline uh, pharmacist and, and, and healthcare level. Um, and, you know, sometimes in, sometimes it's it's probably advantageous to not find out until it's at that situation because then hopefully you can prevent people from trying to hoard medications because obviously that can again cause an artificial increase in demand which can cause problems and make it more difficult for people who really need the medications to get them when they need it. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's it's just as simple as trying to to ride the the line, I guess, right? You don't want to overproduce, you don't want to underproduce, and sometimes the predictions can be off because demand goes out of whack. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, you know that that's that's certainly certainly a factor, and yeah. you know ultimately the the more that we we drive um, you know costs that we're willing to pay for these products down, obviously that that creates it more challenging in the manufacturer side of things to to make sure that their their inventory levels are being managed appropriately. So it's never a perfect world for no. sure, um, but uh, we do our best to you know again make sure that patients are getting access to the medications they need. J- uh, Jody, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Not a problem. Thank you.